Chapter Eleven of A Superfluous Woman by Emma Frances Brooke. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Bruce Peary. A higher wind came suddenly in the fir trees, and a drop of rain fell upon Jessamine's hand. She looked up and saw clouds hurrying from the east, and long trails of rack stretching over the sky, and shadows rolling upon the hills. A shower descended visibly over the furthest range, and drew over it a glittering veil. The glow of color was changing into silvery grays and duns, but the sun still rode high in the heavens, shooting shafts of light into the heart of the mists, and keeping the air around wonderfully clear, so that the nearer landscape gathered in distinctness, and Dalfaber, with its lock, its fields of corn, and its brown-thatched cottage, stood out like an etching of Durer's. Jessamine did not move in spite of the threatening drop upon her hand she sat still to watch the contention of light and shadow as the mists encroached upon the valley and it pleased her fancy to see how dalfaber shone like a jewel on a sombre nebulous garment chancing as it did to concentrate the bright scarce rays upon itself her dreaming was over the whole encampment of vivid images stole away from her heart and left it sadder and more desolate than before luminous thinking was rare with her to see anything in its essential simplicity and incontrovertible verity was with her as a rift in a cloudy sky that closed again upon a mood of clear intellectual activity and of genuine discrimination followed the accustomed parodies of those powers she had never learned to look anything in the face or to concentrate herself upon it the eyes of her mind glanced hither and thither so that after any short spell of thinking before she knew it a host of distracting by-thoughts and fictions ran into her mind with hot pattering feet and perplexing rapidity and all that she possessed of native genius remained but to assert itself in a sad foreboding of martyrdom and a more mournful prevision of personal apostasy i cannot think said jessamine whimsically pointing what is a common experience to her own case but the aunt arabella in me gets into it and spoils it it must have been close to noon when her reverie permitted her for the first time to distinguish from the slow regular rustle of wind in the branches and the occasional fall of a raindrop the sound of something stirring near at hand she turned round with a start to behold among the trees behind the red side and branching antlers of a stag it was cropping heather and was partly hidden by the interlaced foliage of the firs so that it did not see her but this sudden apprehension of alien life close beside her was infinitely uncanny and a remembrance of mrs mackenzie's warning made her look upon the creature with alarm if i keep very still thought she it will go away without seeing me the stag however showed no signs of retiring 
but continued to crop the heather with short snatching noises for full half an hour she sat in a silent tension watching the situation pressing upon her with a more and more painful sense of loneliness the hurrying of the clouds overhead seemed inconsequently to increase the feeling while the sight of the unattainable refuge of dalfaber lying below in homely security made her heart yearn hungrily as the moments dragged on it began to appear as though she and the stag were hung midway between earth and heaven in a world of their own which to her was terrible then the stag raised its head and saw her her heart leaped when those strange wild eyeballs rolled upon her own for full ten minutes the forest creature stood motionless gazing at her with a pair of humid startled eyes its branching antlers proudly lifted and jessamine in mortal fear stared back and still she was acutely aware of dolphaber lying below with the smoke curling steadily out of the old chimney it seemed to her that her spirit flew out of her body and flung itself knocking and crying at the door the stag began slowly to move round and round in a circle she followed it with her eyes sometimes it got behind the trees and she lost command of it for the moment and then her nerves shivered in an extremity of expectation presently it began to make its circle smaller and smaller and to gradually disentangle itself from the trees she dared not stir but still trusted to quietude and the steadiness of her own glance but at last the creature stopped stretched out its throat and gave a frightful bellow jessamine who was wholly unprepared for the sound was startled out of her self-control and she sprang to her feet with a cry then the creature set its head down and rushed toward her she flung her basket at it and fled toward the shelter of the trees for the moment the basket saved her the stag stopped and gave her time to reach the thicket but jessamine as she pushed her way frantically through the close-growing branches saw over her shoulder with sickening horror how the beast tore and trampled on the basket until it was in shreds desperate now and completely unnerved she rushed through the wood at exhausting speed over the hidden boulders and treacherous clumps of heather and fern breaking her way through the interlaced branches as best she could her clothes torn her hands bleeding and her face smarting from the frequent striking of twigs against it her aim was to reach the old heather-covered road for when in it she would know in what direction to run and fancied that fleetness might carry her safely to the fence in time by good luck she made her way through the thicket pretty straight to the desired point the trees became larger and wider apart and she saw the road through them but as she neared it the mad crashing sounds in her rear which had been to her like the goading of a nightmare of terror suddenly seemed in front halting for a second to listen 
she heard the stag somewhere to the left and before she had time to effectually conceal herself it bounded out into the road and stood still turning its head about and snuffing the air then again it bellowed jessamine's heart leaped in her body and her throat was so dry that her breath hurt her her limbs began to fail and she clung to the shelter of a large tree and gained a moment's respite but the stag saw her immediately and trotted in her direction she darted from that tree and reached another glancing frantically round to see if there were time to scramble up and take refuge in the branches but before her trembling hands had grasped the lowest twigs the stag was rushing forward again and she was compelled to flee toward a new shelter oh colin colin cried the horror-stricken girl for an hour of time with limbs that seemed each moment less capable of sustaining her and with straining eyes that grew more and more blind and ears that were deafened by the horrible singing in her head jessamine saved herself from the onslaught of the beast by the expedient of darting from tree to tree she hoped by degrees to near the fence but the creature still followed her and she seemed no nearer the confines of the forest than when the desperate game began then the sense that a moment must come when her strength and her wits would inevitably fail began to sap the little remaining courage which she possessed and finally the thing she dreaded most of all happened she lost her footing and fell headlong over a clump of heather only saving herself from rolling helplessly over and over by snatching at the friendly trunk of a pine-tree near unable to regain her feet the most complete despair settled upon her and she uttered shriek upon shriek of anguish that tore her throat then the strength even to do that failed she yielded herself to the bitterness of death and lost every kind of sense and consciousness saving an extremity of horror and darkness and a quivering of the flesh in terrific expectation but the fate she waited for delayed it began slowly to dawn upon her benumbed senses that the crashing sounds of the stag's progress were arrested then she heard it bellow once more at some yards distance opening her fainting eyes with half-terrified hope she found that it had entangled its antlers in the crooked close-growing branches of a tree and was for the moment a prisoner relief brought back more of her sense and strength and then she was enabled to distinguish the reiterated shout of a man's voice somewhere in the forest no flute-like music could have sounded so sweet as that rough sound and gathering her forces together she managed to give an answering cry and then came the rending and tearing of the underwood again as some one frantically fought away toward her shouting as he came the stag frightened both at the sounds and its own imprisoned condition made frantic efforts to free itself and at last broke from the branches and bounded away into the thicket at the very moment when colin's form became visible 
among the heavily massed foliage jessamine was struggling to her feet as he came up and he put his hands out to help her bending speechlessly toward her with a white face she burst out crying when she saw him and caught at his coat clinging to him and hiding her face until the horrible shuddering was overpast and he held her silently his mouth set and grim oh moaned she lifting her head at last to die like that to die like that ay he said young and so bonny then he threw one arm round her and helped her along while with the other he beat back the branches when they came to the road he lifted her like a child in his arms cannot i walk asked jessamine not until we get to the highway he answered briefly put your arms about my neck i will be carrying you easier that way she laid her arms about his neck as he bade her and closed her eyes and then she heard him give a great sigh and it seemed to her that for a moment he pressed her tight against his heart when they reached the high road he set her again upon her feet by this time the rain beat down in a wild shower he stood so that he could shelter her a little with his body his hands being thrust into the side pockets of his coat bide a wee said he a cart or something must be passing along in a moment there are a good few every hour oh cried jessamine her eyes still wide with terror if you had not come the stag would have killed me i could not have run another yard if it had got you said he shortly there would not have been a live deer left in the forest by morning she looked up his face was still white and grim and in his eyes was a sombre desperation which could not be lightly banished and which affected her with a sort of fear she made no reply but cowered by his side while the rain poured down in sheets before them washing out more and more of the landscape and by obliterating their surroundings concentrating the consciousness of the two upon the small dripping spot of earth which they occupied together jessamine shivered not only with retrospective terror but with foreboding fear glancing up again to his strong figure and taking an indelible impression from the quiet force of his face her heart ran down to some remote place of weakness in her being and it seemed to her that she had been snatched from death only to be set upon some dim-washed islet of earth where a tremendous and inexplicable claim grasped and held her both of them were relieved when a cart rumbled along driven by a man with a mackintosh cap pulled over his nose and a mackintosh cloak pulled over his ears the rain ran in rivers over him colin stopped the cart and briefly explaining what had happened begged the driver to take the exhausted girl back to drynock indeed and i will was the gentle highland response and while colin helped her into the cart the driver unbuttoned his mackintosh to spread over her 
it seemed to jessamine to make everything that had passed more dreamlike and inexplicable that mcgillivray had altered his manner to the old distant respectfulness stop she cried as they were about to start and leaning over the side of the cart she stretched her hand to colin who came up and took it reluctantly in his own if you had not come she murmured gazing at him with eyes that were still dazed the stag would have killed me she had intended to thank him but nothing save this lame phrase would rise to her lips i'm thinking returned colin that we will be quits now a faint smile played for a moment over his white lips but he withdrew his hand instantly and signed to the driver to proceed the last jessamine saw of him was walking along the road his head turned aside the inextinguishable grimness still in his face then the showers washed him out and left nothing save a blurred shadow and she cowered down in the cart under the mackintosh with her hand pressed tight against her heart End of chapter eleven